Welcome to Insights into Action from KPMG, where we bring together business professionals and specialists from KPMG and beyond. In each episode, we'll delve into real-world stories and share unique insights that provide tangible actions that will benefit your business and help you navigate today's challenges and tomorrow's opportunities. Welcome to the Insights into Action podcast series. My name is Pete Liddell, and I lead the Global Operations Centre of Excellence for KPMG. In this series of bite-sized episodes, we're going to explore a number of trends that we've identified that will create both challenges and opportunities across global supply chains during 2023. We seek to explore all topics from cybercrime through to sustainability. We'll be unpacking everything that our clients need to know in order to set themselves up for success in 2023 and beyond. In today's episode... We're going to focus on how cyber criminals are infiltrating supply chains in order to damage or steal from businesses and what this means for supply chain managers. Joining me today is Liz Huffman. Liz is a director within KPMG's cyber security team based in the UK and brings over 12 years of experience on the topic of cyber. During this time, Liz has spearheaded a range of risk projects for multinational corporations including time spent leading a global team managing supplier risk with more than 10,000 suppliers. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Liz, I'd love to start today by understanding a little bit about your background and how you moved into a focus on cyber. So essentially, when I was at university, I did a one-year sandwich placement, which means you work in industry for a year. And I did that at IBM shadowing meetings during my time there took me to one of the other big four professional services organizations and so that sparked my interest in trying to get a job there when I finished my degree. I then decided to move into industry so I moved to a global retailer within the UK and did a couple of roles there. One of the roles that I did was helping them to build out their global supplier assurance program so all the way from inception to bringing the program into fruition And it was really great because I got to start the process with them, but also mature it as we went through the years and look at how can we use technology to make our processes better. So it was a great role and really great exposure to be in industry. And then I decided that I wanted to come back into the professional services world. And so here I am at KPMG. That's an interesting story. And I'd love just to unpick that industry experience you had, you know, global retailer, right? I'm sure that's one industry sector that would be a prime target of cyber criminals. And so in your time there, was that organization exposed to risks within operations, within supply chain, where external threats would work their way into the organization through the supply chain? No, absolutely. The business had loads of suppliers, as you said in my intro, over 10,000 suppliers. And that was just in what we called the goods and services, not for resale space. So services that are not like baked beans on shelves or actual physical clothes and the likes. We had loads of suppliers across different areas, marketing, finance, legal, technology suppliers, and they all presented different risks to the business. Now, of the CIA triad of security, so that's confidentiality, integrity, and availability, the business always said that availability was tipped as like the higher priority of the three because of the fact that, you know, stores, we need to have our tills running. That's the cash cow of the business. So we need availability of the technology. So There were huge risks around making sure that all of our systems were available in the stores. And then the data side of things was huge as well. Obviously, people are paying with credit cards. So there was just tons of credit card data and personal information. So there were huge risks with all of the suppliers that were being used. So we really wanted to make sure that we had a thorough program in place and that we prioritized our suppliers in the right way so that we focused our risk reduction efforts in the right places. 
Fantastic. Thank you. All right. Liz, we know that cyber criminals target logistics and shipping companies. We hear that a lot, actually. Our podcast listeners may have heard about the colonial pipeline attack in 2021, quite recent. So how are these types of breaches becoming more sophisticated and why are supply chains so vulnerable? So just to recap very quickly on the Colonial Pipeline incident, Colonial Pipeline are an American oil pipeline system organization. In 2021, they were hit by a ransomware attack. Now, the attack essentially meant that all of their computerized systems had to be shut down for a period of about six days. They, in the end, did decide to pay the ransom to the attackers and they paid about $4.4 million. It was a huge impact for them as a business, but also for the areas of America that they were servicing as an organization. And I guess what's really scary about the attacks is that As the supply chain grows and people start to work with more and more organizations, there are just more areas, shall we say, or the attack path and the surface area has grown so that there are loads of different pockets of opportunity for attackers to try and exploit vulnerabilities. And that's where they're then able to start being really innovative. So the sophistication of cyber criminals this day, it's something that they're clearly getting better and better at, right? Because even organizations like ours that are trained to spot fake emails or texts we receive, those sorts of things, right? It's almost impossible in in certain circumstances to work out whether it is a real message being sent or it's a fake one, right? So when you compound the fact that a recent report has found that nearly 95% of successful cyber attacks are actually linked to human error or a human element, which is easy to understand, it's a big challenge. So in your view, given this sophistication, how can organizations better aligned technology and automation with human ability to mitigate the impact of these risks. Yeah, and that's a very interesting stat. 95% is no small amount. Yeah, and I think as humans, as you said, we're bound to get things wrong. And so for me, there is real value in using technology to help try and reduce the number of errors that are in processes that organizations have as best we can. And I think one of the places that organizations can start from is looking at what are the good soft skills that we as an organization have and then how can we use technology to better enable what we're doing. So say if you're a customer service organization and actually your interaction with customers is really, really good, then you might think actually we can use bots to support us. Why don't we use it to help them try to get to the right end user from the organization to speak to? So that way it's enabling what you do, but also kind of taking out some of those low value, but high risk of things going wrong type tasks within the service that you're offering. The other thing Liz, and again, just reflecting on a recent experience myself, right? In addition to the team members of the human element, I think there's also a side around corporate policy, right? Recently, there was six of us in Australia who have regional or global roles and we were assigned a credit card and all six of us received this email. Now, not one of us responded because all six of us immediately thought it looked like a uh, fake email, but it was legitimate. So the sophistication of the cyber criminals and their ability to mock and create things that look like realistic corporate emails, it just shows you that corporate organizations need to make sure that they're interacting with their customers, with their suppliers, with third parties in a way that also enables them to respond. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. That does happen a lot. And we get people kind of second guessing themselves a lot now. There are loads of things that organizations need to keep on top of and keep refreshing their staff on the dangers of cyber risks. So there's a range of issues that our clients are dealing with, and we actually speak about a lot of them in this podcast series. And supply chain managers, therefore, are continually rethinking their networks, how products flow from 
origin through to destination. And there's a lot of topics now around nearshoring, friendshoring, using new technologies. How do some of these new strategies potentially open them up or expose them to cybercrime? And what should they be thinking in parallel to driving and forming these new supply chain strategies? I think one of the things that we have to always remember is that different attackers are motivated by different things. So money is not actually the top motivator for all attackers that are out there. So when organizations are starting to think about friendshoring and nearshoring, working with organizations that have the same values as them or that are close in proximity, you've got to start thinking, well, actually, is there anything about this country that could open us up to risk? So if you take the war that's happening in Ukraine, a lot of organizations decided to come out of business in Russia and there were some that decided to stay in Russia. And then we started to see a number of threats coming from cyber criminals for those who decided to stay in. So it's not just in your own little silo of, oh, we want to work with this organization in this country because it benefits us. They've got to think about so many more things now. And I often feel like we're going to get to a point where there'll almost be a cyber credit check, just like how we have with the financial system, which is going to help organizations to understand actually what is the history of this organization from a cybercrime perspective. Has this organization got good controls? Have they been susceptible to attacks in the past? What did they do about it if that did happen? And how did they respond and recover? Yeah, so it's essentially just where they want to do all these new strategies. There's just a lot more to think about when you decide to make such moves. Yeah, that's an interesting point you raised. I've seen with supplier onboarding by big global corporations, right? Now, some of them have got up to 12, even more different categories of risk assessment before they even identify or select a supplier to onboard. And you're right. It's these things like, I guess, an organization's past history with cyber criminals or cyber crime or being exposed to threats could be another one of those categories that potentially stop them from being selected as a supplier of choice. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give, Liz, to supply chain managers who might be listening to this podcast? Are there any particular steps they should take to strengthen their organization, their supply chains against cyber attacks straight away? Yeah, I feel like listening to it, people might think it's all doom and gloom, but (laughs) I think there are things that organizations can do to make sure that they put themselves in the best position to protect, detect and respond against such attacks. One of the foundational things that links to what you were just talking about in terms of the risk assessment process. Now, I've done work with a number of clients where you go in and you realize that different parts of the business are talking about risk in different ways. So for one part of the business, high risk could mean one thing, but in another part, it means something completely different. And that is fundamentally something that needs to be fixed because within one organization, we need to talk about risk in the same way so that we ultimately treat it in the same way. So that for me is like always the starting point. And then I think for most effective active defense from a supply chain perspective, we need to really increase the amount of information sharing that's happening between public and private sector and across industries as well to really disrupt that cybercrime activity. So joining kind of threat intelligence forums is a great thing for organizations to do. And I know we, for example, in the UK have what we call an I4 forum which is where we have over 50 CISOs coming together to talk about threat intelligence every week. And every few months, there are kind of events that happen just talking about what people are going through and really just sharing experiences with one another, which they find really valuable. I think another thing that's really important is to ensure that new third parties brought into your supply chain ecosystem undergo thorough checks. So you assess them today, 
in a month's time, they've changed their control environment and it defeats the whole purpose of what you've just done. Ideally, we should be trying to implement some continuous control monitoring and artificial intelligence so that we can get an ongoing sense of the risks that are presented to us by an organisation. And then another thing to mention is around Internet of Things devices. We know that the security over IoT devices hasn't been well policed. And obviously there are loads of organizations that just buy different devices, barcode readers, mobile scanners for the likes. And it's how secure are those devices and what process have they gone through before they've been put on the shelves. So those sorts of things need to really be checked by organizations and they need to make sure that their operational technology and the IoT aspect of things are included within their end-to-end supply chain process. For many people listening, I'm sure they'd be amazed like I was when heard an industry speaker late last year talk about, for certain industries, the volume of attacks that they organisations face on a daily, weekly basis. And I'm sure for industries or sectors like financial institutions, the big banks, they're facing hundreds of thousands of attacks a month which is phenomenal. Yeah. The other thing that really makes organizations hit home on it is when they hear another organization in the industry that's gone through it and they talk through the process and they'll say to you, it was a really hard time and emotional as well, because there's a lot that they've got to deal with that you can't work. People are worried about their business. You've got these decisions to make and it's all really emotive. And so When organizations talk through that journey, that's one of the things that really makes others stand up and say, actually, we need to make sure that we're doing something about this. So again, that piece around talking and collaborating, it really helps to share information and help each other to get through this risk. Well, thanks, Liz. There's some really great points there that I think a number of supply chain managers who are listening will certainly think about, if not act upon. So I really appreciate your time today. So if you'd like to explore the topic of cybercrime and its impact on global supply chains in more detail, You can read our report, Supply Chain Trends Shaking Up 2023, accessed via the link in the description. Here you'll also find an overview of the other trends we've explored in this podcast series. You can get in touch with myself or Liz directly should you have any further questions or would like to discuss how KPMG can help you to navigate the challenges and explore the opportunities that come with these ongoing change and disruptions. Simply get in touch with us via the links in the report. You can also listen right now to the other episodes discussing the 2023 supply chain trends wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, thanks, Liz. Once again, really appreciate your insights. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Insights Into Action. Please visit our website for more advisory insights and all the other episodes in the series. Make sure to subscribe through your podcast provider so you're alerted for any new episodes and check out the other podcasts available from KPMG. Thank you and see you next time.